It's obvious. The unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Tease the Custard TV podcast, the one place on the web where I sweat continually for 47 minutes and talk about tele. It's been so hot this week, so hot that we're not going to talk about the weather because that's what everybody else will be that's doing. The, that's the, what the news is for, so we should be talking about. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, we should be talking about the Bay or something. Could we swap Gary Goes West for Gary Goes Guantanamo Bay? Gary That'd Goes to great. the West Bank. Yeah. Yes, let's organise that. They must be cheap flights. Let's sort that out. Easy jet, West Bank. <laughs> Luke, Gary and Matt. Talking telly. On the Custer TV podcast. And I do have a quick word with Gary. Um, just uh, messaging one another on Skype, actually, just before we started recording here. He's on holiday, and what, what he refers to as a holiday is watching TV with another person in a different place for a week. Um, so he's been watching the news, the the tennis, and he picked one drama to catch up on. That? Uh, and you won't believe what drama... If you thought Critical was an odd choice, All you won't believe. No, no, that's too, that's too contemporary for Gary and too real. He's actually gone Jonathan for... Jonathan Strange jo- and Mr. Norell. No, even that is too normal for Gary. Uh, he's gone for girl with weeds growing out of her in George Scott. Oh, my uh, Lord. I wonder where I, you were going then. I thought it was like some uh, Channel 5 documentary. Yeah, the girl with weeds and on benefits. No, it's not. It's uh, George Scott <laughs> is what I was referring I just I don't know what it is. It's like he doesn't listen to our criticisms of Joe. No, I know. Well, he wasn't on that week, was he? He doesn't he listen when he's not on. I think what he does is he scans the beginning to yeah. see whether he's mentioned yeah. and uh, then moves on. Okay, let's do some podcasts then. Uh, in the news, which Matt has taken care of this week, he simply put BBC being rubbish. Yep. Would you like to elaborate on this any further? Well, let's just say the new series of W1A will have a lot of material to uh, with all the cuts. Well, okay. Okay, so it's like I say, um, like the word peanut. Okay, what are you thinking? Peanut. No, I, I said that. That's what I just said. Yes. No. I... What are you thinking? Uh, 
Okay, I'll say it again. Okay, but don't think, just say stuff. Peanut. Monkey. Yes, very good. Butter. Butter. Peanut butter, okay? Brilliant. Duh. Well, I'm sorry, Siobhan, but I think of monkey. Okay, there's no such thing as peanut monkey, okay? What? I mean, that's like, I, I don't even know where to start. So, like, peanut and butter, two things. Peanut butter, one thing. Yes. Yes, no, very strong. BBC and Wimbledon, two things. BBC Wimbledon, one thing. Yes, no, I think we've got that. No, sure, it's like, what's not to get? And this is an area where you could have some ideas. Well, hang on. Well, we could have ideas. Yes. Like there are areas we don't. Right. Okay, good. Uh, this week they had the whole sort of BBC Trust um, review and they've ba- basically uh, banished BBC Three Online. It's not official till September. Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? I mean, it's if you're going to do it's it... It's pretty much happened, even though, yeah. you know, that petition, uh, is it John Joe mm. Reid, almost 300,000 people have signed it, including sort of several big names. I just think it's a shame at the moment when they're sort of previewing these new documentaries about disability and things like that they've mm. got you know the bad boy boxer coming up and a lot of people are saying oh you know you know family guy that's moved and and russell howard and things like that but to me it's the documentaries that are the sort of lifeblood of bbc3 yeah. and they are the things that won't be getting made once it once it moves online gary in... did suggest that you know they run bbc3 and then bbc4 sort of later on have you ever met anyone that watches BBC Four? Not really, apart from like, you know, the the Naughty Noir dramas, and I mean, my friend mm. Andrew, who listens, um, records the, you know, the um, what are they called like the big documentary Storyville. He records oh, those. Yeah. He sort of, yeah. So he doesn't I, watch I, it. I've always said that yeah. that could Storyville is an yeah. example of something that could sit. On BBC Two, and because those, be are, those are, you know, I think one of BBC Four's big things is that they show a lot of sort of documentary and world cinema films. But if they put those on, say you had like BBC Three, you had like a say seven o'clock something sort of light, and then eight o'clock you had a documentary, nine o'clock you had a couple of sitcoms, mm. and then you moved into sort of a BBC Four Storyville or like the Naughty Noirs on the Saturday night. I think that would work like a combination of the two. Mm, would you think that? I, well, I, I think there's it's a, obvious. There's a middle ground, well, isn't there? Because I don't think yeah, anyone but... is watching these documentaries about clouds and whatever. No. I, I, know, I, I can say with quite certainty that I've not watched any documentaries about clouds in my lifetime. Yeah, the, the other news coming out of it was that the planned BBC One Plus One, which was one of the... Money, you know, one of the things that the money saved on BBC Three would be spent on is also not going to happen. And also, they are cutting a lot of jobs, you know, downsizing at the BBC and basically trying to slash a lot of money. And this is basically seems like a whole cost cutting drive after say, oh, it's going to be better for us moving BBC Three online. Yeah, there's more eyeballs, blah, blah, blah. But it's at the end of the day, it's just to save money um, for the BBC. They're also saying that they've now lost the Olympics. The Olympic coverage is going. It's just annoying because it feels like the BBC, uh, outside of a few programmes, is now catering to a certain, or you know, fifty-plus mm. audience. Say, even Let's... stuff like "Don't Tell the Bride" and things like mm. that. Now they're older couples. Um, it's just it feels like there's nothing. F- and and as they said, the BBC Trust in their thing did say that it will probably they will probably lose 
you know, the younger demographic and people from. I sort think of they. Office. I think they've long lost them. Yeah. Well, apart and from you know BBC what Three, is... apart from on BBC Three, where a lot of them watch that, and also people from deprived backgrounds, they said as well, who often watch BBC Three. And you know what's sad? Because TV isn't isn't very good at the moment, catering for young people. Yeah. Less young people are gonna gonna want yeah. to go into TV. Yeah. I, Does that make sense? When the yeah yeah no I agree. I mean the options really for youngsters now are ITV Two, which is just horrible. It's and like E4, CBBS Plus yeah. Two. That is. Yeah yeah. E Four has you know the odd shining light like um, has... Mad Fat Diary. Yeah, they have misfits in the past. When I think E4, I think American imports. Yeah, though, I mean, they have the old American stuff. imports, don't they, as well? I mean, that's where it started. I remember they had Frenzy R and Ali McBeal were the big sort of imports that they had yeah. on that first night. They do do, obviously, the odd original thing UK, but I just I think the documentaries are the big thing that I personally will miss, and I think the only other channel that are making documentaries similar to the ones that BBC3 make are Channel 4. Mm. And Channel 4's is still, you know, they did stuff like The Tribe, like The Educating, like The 24 Hours in A&E, which sort of shine a light on, like, human yeah, everyday life. But I think mm. it, they don't do it from a young perspective apart from, I mean, the odd one, we're going to talk about something later on that, that they've done. Mm. But I just think it's just, I am going to miss it. And I think there is a way where they could have kept, I think BBC 3 and 4 could have sort of coexisted on the one channel, or as you said, just put all the BBC4 programmes on BBC2, but I think there is a way I'm where... Audience. Well, I think the BBC a, yeah, yeah. has it just told itself that, that young people don't watch TV, and that's it. They don't I mean, think about the odds, it anymore. You know, the, you know, our girl, which is coming back, you know, when we yeah. had Tony Grounds talk, talk to him, yeah. he said, you know, a lot of young people talked to him about it, and it inspired a lot of, the, a lot of them, and I think... They need more dramas like that with young protagonists, and I can't think mm. of anything else that the BBC has done no. with young protagonists, either on BBC One or Two. Um, I whereas... think it's also telling that you and I, who are not really... I, I class myself as young-minded, but not young yeah. in age. Uh, well, I think we're you still and I are... sort of the high end of the E4, uh, yeah. BBC Three demographic, aren't we? Because it's I, 18 I to think... 34. You and I, this year, out of all the years we've been talking, we're less engaged with yeah. contemporary BBC as we, as, yeah, I think than as, we've as ever well, been. Outside of a couple of shows, I think most of the highlights... Are, I mean, we're halfway through the year now, and most of the highlights have been Channel 4, I think, for me. I think Channel I think 4 have had a cracker of the year. I think everyone They've had else, a consistent year, haven't consistent they, Channel 4? consistent year, and some highlights, and I don't think there's been anything... You know, we sort of you're putting together like a worst of list. I don't think there's anything on there from Channel Four. We we are criticising the BBC, but this goes for ITV as well. I think they're they're catering to sort of a middle class, maybe ITV, maybe sort of more sort of lower class as well. You know, with their entertainment shows and stuff. But they're they're not. I don't think they're catering to a young audience unless it's with things like the X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. But that's still you know that's a universal show, isn't it? That's watched by. You know, yeah, that's a family you, show, you let's say. And I can't think of any one thing on BBC One or ITV, which are the two channels that most people watch the most of, that caters to a predominantly young audience. There's ones that families watch, like, you know, the soaps and the talent shows and what have you. There's not a lot that catered towards, you know, the youngsters. And I think BBC Three going, it is, as you said, going to 
a lot of a lot of kids aren't just going to are going to turn off the TV and there's going to be less interest in working in TV, which might be good for BBC and, One and to writing. There's yeah. going to be less interest because you know who's going to who do they send a script like in the flesh to? For yeah, example, Dominic Mitchell you know. and, and um, what's his name, Toby Whithouse, mm. with being human, and you're like you know James Corden, Ruth Jones with the Gavin and Stacey, and obviously yeah. the. There's other comedy writers as well who've started on... It, it just feels very... St- it feels up itself Lucas at the Mally moment. Lucas and that started on, yeah. on BBC Three. T- uh, TV this year has, has felt up itself yeah. to me. You, you know, there's there's just certain people in control and I think the, the ideas that they have are very outdated and, you know, at the end of the day, the, the director general of the BBC, you know, he doesn't have his... I don't think he has his finger on the pulse. Cause no, I don't think he has for a while. He, he's 64, you see, and he's he's mm. making decisions about, you know, a generation, almost two generations below him. I don't know whether he's, he's making decisions or he's, he's jumping to conclusions and making assumptions. Yeah, like that... everyone's watching online now, but they're not. No. Uh, they, they, the statistics were that... It's a very small percent who watch all their programming online. Even having a BBC One Plus One seemed ludicrous yeah. to me because it's like everyone's watching online. They say in yeah. one sentence, then they say in the next sentence, "We're launching BBC One yeah, Plus yeah, One." Yeah. In case you miss anything when it's on TV, you can just get. What? So, not what going on the iPlayer. I think one of the things they've said about these cuts is because they've frozen the license fee, and there's been a lot of things about. Oh, they should charge for catch up now and things like that. What would you agree with that? Or I don't. I mean, I've never really understood the way it's structured. I mean, I don't yeah. see how they could monitor charging yeah. for catch up. I mean, what if somebody like myself just goes on there briefly to get a feel of a show? Yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. watch it all, or the phone rings and you get distracted. You don't, you know, because when well, you like, watch I mean, online, they could do like. You know, they used to do, I think, on like Skybox Office or something where they show you your first 10 minutes and then you have to yeah. pay or something. I or... think the only way it would work is if, if, like myself, if you've got a smart TV with iPlayer yeah. built in yeah. so you can watch it on the TV, you're less likely to have distractions because... Well, you pay like a, maybe like a surcharge or something like that yeah. for, you know, tenner a month or £6 a month or something. Or Again, that's sort of taking away... From the sort of joy of catch up, I suppose. The only iPlayer success they've had is Car Share. Yeah. Um, that proved to be a success. But well, I think Peter Kay. I think if it's that was Peter Kay, yeah. unknown comedians, two unknown comedians playing those yeah. characters, there's no way that it would. I don't done. even think something like Gavin and Stacey would have took no, off. No, online. no, 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 because that that yeah. was very much word of mouth. It wasn't still uh, series two of that that it really got people talking i remember the first series not a lot of people actually watched it it was only series two again they get these word of mouth shows and you wouldn't get any word of mouth if it's online i don't think well i suppose it it works for shows like breaking bad and things where Mm. people went oh you've got to see this you guys and also we've said it a million times that it's only a certain section of society Mm. you know that are what the Breaking Bads and the Game of mm. Thrones and stuff like that. It's not yeah. being although although the critics would love you to think we're all yeah. indulging in them. It's yeah. not true, no. folks. No, no, no. It's mainly people watching The Syndicate and Downton Abbey and Master Chef. Let's go west for God's sake. Yeah, play the music. <laughs> Journey. The reason you, Matt and I have journeyed this here direction 
is to talk about a new BBC Two acquisition called Odyssey. Um, Odyssey is a US drama. You could you could have seen it on NBC, which is worth mentioning to you is a network and not a cable show. Cable shows are the aforementioned Breaking Bad, uh, Game of Thrones is on HBO, um, Veep is on HBO. Boobies and swearing and and yeah. That's, that's uh, cable. If this, with... had... <laughs> yeah, go on. if this had one draw, it was perhaps Anna Friel. Who yeah, yeah, I or... liked Anna Friel. And yeah. I, I know, I, I'd say as well, I liked uh, the guy, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, the guy who was like the analyst, the financial guy who was trying to. Oh, God, that's going to bug me. Peter Fascinelli. Um, oh. And he's, I liked him in this. I, I like, I think he's a good actor and he's, he's sort of got a range to him. But I think. He, the story he was given was very much the the thankless story of the uncovering the conspiracy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I often find conspiracy, like, much like the game, which yeah. was on earlier in the year, I find conspiracy dramas a bit dull. Yeah. Because I, I, if I you think, don't connect with them... Yeah. There was the two sides to this. There was Anna Friel uh, being lost to... Tr- obviously, a troop uh, was lost in the middle of sort of the African desert... And then were ambushed by uh, supposedly a private army. She was the only person left, and they're basically trying to hunt her down because she's got a flash drive with information relating to a company giving like money to a terrorist organization or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's all sort yeah. of like, can she escape from uh, there and get back, get her information back, and certain pieces of info are being sort of fed back to America in the first episode she, she showed up on Al Jazeera or something like that I saw a transfer for a hell of a lot of money from an American company she got it all on a flash drive I miss you mama I miss you too help I'm so sorry Breaking news, all 12 Special Ops forces, American heroes, were killed. Oh my God. What I didn't like was at the end of this, that they basically did the same thing twice, where it turned mm. out the two people were working for the other side of the yeah. people who were trying to cover it up. Firstly this woman who said she was working for Time magazine. And you, you obviously <laughs> knew that was coming. You're like, oh, no, she's not working for Time magazine. She's, she's you know, an inner source sort of thing. Um, and then the guy who was Peter Fascinelli's friend who also turned on him, who obviously, he just wanted to build that bowling alley, didn't he? He was just let him build that bowling yeah. alley. Should have just uh, let him get on, get put a little pizza hut in the back of it, <laughs> just let him get on with it. I just think that this was like Homeland, but with everything that I liked about Homeland watered yeah. down to within I mean, an inch of its life. I think I can't remember which paper or magazine it was now, but someone did have um, less Homeland, more Poundland, which I thought was quite exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've seen that floating <laughs> yeah. around. It's just this is the sort of thing you know in the old days when they used to say, I "Just don't like US dramas. I don't connect." Yeah. This yeah. is the sort of thing I'm on about because I think I don't know whether it's because networks are so constricted to what they can or restricted to what they can do and so you ended up with such a watered down safe product I I don't know how you would sort of compare this to 
homeland apart from it having a female protagonist because yeah and the it, and the, it, the supposed yeah, it's action. CIA, I mean it's CIA is homeland most of homeland mm-hmm. is CIA and obviously she's a soldier in it and there mm-hmm. is a sort of cover up but I think apart from that there's very little that links it to homeland for me um mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think either of us are going to... It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This. Okay. No, definitely not. And and it's been axed in the states now. I don't know whether that means they're going to show them all because often when they ax stuff, if it doesn't do well and they ax it, well, it'll literally just vanish. It'll literally just vanish from the screens, and the, the you know people who have invested in it will never see the end of it. Uh, but I'm not sure how far along they are. BBC Two have a bad track record of buying. These American they just really do. They can't well, seem to pick Pan-Am, one that. Yeah, and but what you know, if they'd have bought the affair, or they'd have I bought mean, you know, I something, think, something I with mean, a bit I of legs say, on. I remember, I think it was BBC Two. It might have even been BBC One. Um, showed it, uh, damages. It was, uh, I think, I think it was BBC both Two on a, on a Sunday night, if I remember correctly, and that was in prime time. Certainly the first mm. two seasons, and I think they moved it to sort of a half ten slot after that. Mm. Um, and BBC Two even showed The Wire, I remember. All five seasons of The Wire. They, couldn't, they wouldn't do that now, like... can they? BBC Two seemed to at least be sticking with it at 9.15 this Sunday, if you want to watch it. Or, or many, as if, it, if there? there's t- 10 or 12, so it's it what's classed as a mini-series. It'll only be six weeks of it. No, because they're, they're now showing them oh, weekly okay. instead of yeah, two a week. Uh, so we'll see. That's Odyssey. Uh, as everyone is watching online, if you didn't see it, catch up on iPlayer. Yeah. Okay, so the big new one this week was uh, Not Safe for Work. This was a comedy drama. Would we say mm-hmm. comedy drama, Luke? I don't, I don't know, because when I think comedy <laughs> drama, I think, you know, Cold Feet is the epitome yeah, of yeah, comedy yeah. drama I, for I, me. I think this was sort of, I mean, there was sort of dark comedy in this. Someone equated it, I think it might have been The Guardian, uh, equated it to This Life, which I don't think, I didn't see that at all in this. Ooh. Um, it's probably close to the teachers if it's... There were sort of, the characters had a comic edge to them, certainly a lot of them, which to me almost sort of, it felt a bit cliched. Zoe Ashton fronts this from Fresh Meat. Uh, she plays a character called Catherine who finds out early on that she's being transferred from her sort of job in Whitehall to uh, an outpost in Northampton where they allegedly send all the sort of lesser um, desirable employees. It's sort of something to do with immigration and the boss there is is sort of a very sort of cliched character initially played by Sasha Darwin who is sort of, you know, drinking, smoking, doing drugs... As soon as she got there, she was presented with all these sort of, you know, the annoying girl, her ex, just a, a, a cavalcade of stereotypes. And it was only where, in the last sort of bit where you found out more about these characters, like you saw different layers to them, that I started to think, oh, maybe this has got something about it, you know. I struggled again to just yeah. to identify and connect with it. 
Um, I... I, I... I really liked the first scene. I thought the first scene with where she's getting divorced in the bar, I thought was one of the better things about it. Just that. Yeah, I didn't, got the, I didn't you've got mind the, that. You've got the sort of impression of where it, the tone of it, in a way. I thought hmm. this is, you know, there was some comedy there. You know, obviously the dramatic element of her getting divorced. And there was like the jokes about, you know, her, the guy being named who she was having the affair with in the divorce papers. And there was that. You know, do you want to do a drawing line, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but I think one of the problems with it is that it's, you know, it's been given 50 minutes rather than an hour. Certainly this first episode could have done with 45 minutes. I don't know what you think. I don't know whether I care about any of these people. You know, and we, we say it over and over again that when you watch something, you have to either care about the people that you're spending yeah, your 47, 37 minutes with. I think I, I... Yeah. She was... She sort of drew me in. You know, she is such a fine performer. And mm. I, I think it shows her diversity that she can play VOD and then this sort of straight lace. Oh, absolutely. You, could, you couldn't character. put them together. You couldn't put them I together. I just thought in the last bit where you sort of had, you know, the Sasha Darwin character, he sort of, you know demonstrated like a caring side the like yeah. a Sophie Rundle character you saw a bit more depth to her you know you found out she was divorced and things like that I just think another thing as well is that the writer whose name I've forgotten DC Moore DC Moore um, yeah, DC. He, he he's come from theatre and I think yeah you know in a play, you've got 90 minutes to sort of get your characters across and all that and there's people going there's off and off the stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the stage. I, whereas with telly, you've got that uh, only one opportunity to draw people in and keep them there. And I mm. think to an extent he squandered that opportunity partially because he hasn't had enough time, perhaps. Mm. Um, I, I'd watch another episode, but that might be I it. probably wouldn't watch another okay. one. Um, but the, I mean, I, I found the... I mean, the, they've been heavily trailered, and I just yeah. found the... The, the scene where she was told to go to Northampton, I just found that annoying. You're joining the exodus. To Northampton? No, Northampton. Northampton. Yes. So good they named it. You know, this isn't by any means going to dent their, no, their no. great year, because at least they're trying something it's different. Something and... they're try- you know, they're trying something. Yeah. There's a new writer, you know, yeah. people who are in things but haven't taken leads before. Yeah. Zoe Ashton, Sachdahl and Sophie Rundle people like that and 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 attracting younger audiences from yeah, younger yeah, yeah. cast so we I, can't I think... knock it all four tuesday nights 10 o'clock um channel four on 10 o'clock all four now if you want to uh the tribe you've been watching as well haven't oh you? i i'm a bit i I, I, I i sort of haven't caught up with it since I watched oh it's just oh you should i will it watch is it yeah brilliant. You, you've been raving about it i watched i watched literally the last few minutes of the last episode that was on um, I, ju- I, mean, I just find it again c- compelling and yeah. and genuinely insightful and interesting. At the and... time when I'd seen the first one and you were asking me about the tone of it and you know was it mm. funny and what did you yeah. think of the sort of general overall t- tone that they they sort of well, set? I, you know? I I hope because I believed all that I saw and yeah. all that I read. I hope that it is that it is the show that what they made is what happened. I hope. I mean, often I think, these things. Yeah. Are... I think if they do the same thing like they did at Edinburgh last year and had mm. the biggest risk I've taken, I think this might be Jay Hunt's sort of biggest risk. I don't know whether it's rated to... overly well. No, but taking cameras out to Africa, 
that mm. must have been a big risk without sort of mm. knowing. I mean, there was a great yeah. article, I think it was on the Radio Times website, where they were talking about, you know, how they did it, how they found the family, how they, you know, found their stars. And I just think, I mean, mm. I, I'd almost like it to come back, I think, or maybe do... Like with that tribe family. or a different tribe? Yeah, yeah. I, either that tribe or, you know, like they did with the family, have a mm. different tribe, maybe, a different African... I, I think it's a shame it that yeah, we only debunked, got four of them. Yeah. And it debunked a lot of myths about Africa, I thought. Absolutely. One yeah. thing I would say is that some people have said, journalists and viewers have said, they find it degrading. They think that the camera crew, when they ask questions to them mm. in the little talking head things, is almost talking down I to them. But I don't think so. I, I, at all. It's like, I think it's like Louis Theroux. It's like when Louis mm. Theroux asks questions to, you know, the tone he, employ, he employs to the, you know, the psychiatric people in that one we watched recently mm. into... Uh, when he, I remember when he went to that sort of really sort of religious family. It, it's the tone that Louis Theroux has, the sort mm. of quiet, gentler tone where he's, you know, they're not banging them over the heads, and it might seem no. a bit um, patronising, perhaps. Patronising, yeah. But I, 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 I also, just, I, I think almost that it was like it was culture clash, you know. It, like mm. he said about, oh, my wife wouldn't like me having another wife, and he was just like, he's almost mocking him. For not having and the goats thing, I thought was amazing. I I think if you can, if you've got the time, you need to uh, catch up on this yeah, because it right. it is one of the best, one of my favourites of the year. And um, also, I just think, again, Channel Four. I think we're sort of. Should we carry on praising Channel Four with humans? Every week, I think is hum. Is this the week? that a show like Humans, which is ordinarily outside of my comfort zone, is this the week it's going to go two out there and lose me? And every week it drags me back in and I just get completely absorbed in the world because I think it is so done so well and so believably that I could never not like it. My favourite bits of this week uh, were actually all, all the William Hurt and Rebecca Funt stuff. I thought... That was really I, I well done. I mean, there's a little interview with her in the Radio Times this week where she's um, talked about, you know, how they all went to synth school and, you know, all the, the ones who, who played mm. the synths sort of worked out together how they would sort of play it. And mm. I, I think that's really interesting because they all have a similar sort of thing, don't they? Obviously, as we've said in previous weeks, Gemma Chan's character is has to play it on a number of different levels. Because she's more sort of her emotional intelligence is higher, but at the same time she's trying to convince the family that she's just a normal synth. So it's it's having to play on all those different levels, which I find amazing. And obviously, the Colin Morgan character now has got closer to finding her because um, the daughter of the uh, the family had posted the some mm. code online, hadn't she? Her yeah, she'd did. done like the error code yeah. that came yeah. up. I, but again, I, we initially in the first episode we said how cliched we found that teenage daughter. She's quickly becoming a yeah. favourite character of mine as well because yeah. I understand that the world she lives in is a world where she could never possibly compete. They've given with these... more subtlety, certainly yeah. to the the daughter, the older daughter and the son. I still find the younger mm. daughter quite annoying. I I am re- still enjoying it. It is a really. I think the thing is, as we said before, it's a really really easy watch. Uh, something that I didn't find easy to watch was the second episode of oh. My Mad Fat Diary. I had to have a lie down. Yeah, yeah. To this think the that there's only episode. one left yeah. is just, I don't know how they're going to do think, it. I just think, why couldn't they have given them a nice ride, a nice send-off into the sun? I just think, 
I, I still love the show. I still love Sharon Rooney, but I think introducing the Faye Marseille character was a mistake as sort of another mm. like hurdle for her and Finn to go through. I think there's there's so much going on. It yeah. doesn't need her because there's, there's so... I mean, Sharon Rooney see, is just... I, I mean, I love... The, my favourite scene, I think, was the one where she finally got in to see Chloe. Ray mm. finally got in to see Chloe. And that mm. scene with with Sharon Rooney and Jodie Comer was just amazing. Uh, but I just think, you know, the fact that they've decided to sort of do it full circle with her being readmitted into the hospital again after sort of hurting herself and things like that. But is that all to... that whole thing where Kester's not working yeah. there anymore? Is it going to turn into life on Mars at the end? Is that what it's going to be? <laughs> but it Lannister just feels and... like it's going to be really... going Like the end, the last episode of series two, just it took so long to wrap everything up, didn't it? Because they, they created so many sort of loops for themselves and the other thing as well is that I just think the character of Finn has just been sort of really diluted now and he just came across Nico's had virtually nothing to do and he's just come across as really really thick that he he looks at everything on a base level doesn't he if I needed to lie down after watching it I don't know what she does of an evening no I know I know Um, I can't think of anything that comes close to it as far as I I think again with that connected to the characters um but again, I just I think there's uh, the writing team. I think is different on this, so it just feels mm. like they've they they're throwing maybe... everything at us. Yeah, yeah. And I just I think, did yeah. like the scenes with Keith Allen though. I enjoyed yeah, those. Yeah, but again, it feels rushed that they're putting him in mm. so late in the day. I think it's one of those things. They've got three. If they had yeah. four. I could four see this six. working yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Top Gear finished in its current form on Sunday. Good night for telly on Sunday, actually. This, Humans, and even Blackworks picked up after a... a Talk about that, shall know, we? Cliched, cliched style. Um, Top Gear, though, was hosted primarily... And also, uh, well, earlier on Sunday well, night as well, we had the lead-in to Top Gear was, of course, uh, Lionel Richie in Glastonbury. No time. <laughs> no time. Or, or um, Glastonbury... <laughs> Glastonbury. Top Gear uh, finished in its current form on Sunday. James May and uh, Richard Hammond were in the studio. There was no uh, studio audience and there was no Clarkson. Just a very cleverly placed elephant in the room, which I thought was a clever joke. Um, And what I liked about it as well was it was two long films, you know, and Richard Hammond and um, uh, James May said... We're going to show you two films tonight. The second one is tremendous. And they're absolutely right. The first one fell a little flat. The second one, I laughed a lot. I enjoyed it. I know it's all silly, but it was just it was just really good. And actually quite sombre at the end. You know, they didn't do, they didn't do EastEnders, you know, that theme they do on EastEnders when somebody dies. But they may as well have done, because it was, yeah, very sombre. All that remains now is for us to say thank you for watching. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for watching. And, well, goodbye. Goodbye. I am going to miss it in its current form, and I think we've said it a couple of weeks ago that they are in danger of just turning Top Gear into the one show with cars, uh, with Chris Evans and whoever he gets on board. So it was a shame to say goodbye, but, you know, it's happened, so what can you do? But Top Gear didn't rate overly well but then it wasn't promoted overly well either no, it se- no. seems strange that it wasn't promoted overly well um no, it, I'm glad... it does do a good audience anyway doesn't it just generally yeah uh... but i think i think the assumption was that 
their last ever one would go through the roof. And, you know, on iPlayer, it may well still do well. Yeah, but everyone's um, watching online now. Everyone's Co- watching online. A couple of previews. Sunday night at 9 o'clock, we've got 7-7 uh, seven, seven Drama, A Song for Jenny, which I'm sure will be very heartbreaking. The mm. brilliant uh, Emily Watson uh, stars. Uh, also, uh, mentioning obviously BBC Three earlier, Family Guy moves to BBC Two on Sunday, 9.45. It's the Simpsons crossover episode, if you oh, okay. didn't see it. Uh, Bad Boy Boxer, this is about Lee Selby, a boxer from Barry, Barry Island. Again, a nice link into Gavin and Stacey, uh, who has eight months to get ready for the fight that will define his life. Um, this, I mean, we had Bad Boy Olympian before, didn't we, with uh, mm. Ashley McKenzie, which I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, but again, this will be probably an example of... Uh, the sort of thing BBC3 do brilliantly well Uh, you can follow me on Twitter you can follow Matt on Twitter but most importantly you can catch up on Gary on holiday presumably he's going to post pictures of himself with Calippos no he didn't go to Broadchurch in the end he thought he could be murdered closer to home so uh, he's going to go for that at the Gary show murders in London yeah at the Gary show uh, for him Um, I'm at Luke Custard TV at Matt's TV Bites for myself. I wouldn't say up till this point we've missed Gary at all, but how do we really end? doesn't really do that much anymore. I'm still not no, convinced how on did, accent. How... No, I'm not convinced on accent hour either, particularly as it's just a few minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know how we end a podcast with no Gary to do something ridiculous say, at the uh, end. Take care out there. You know, there's a lot of nasty things, but if you, if you yeah, want to listen right. to a couple of chats... Or a trio of chaps talk about TV every week and, you know, yeah, forget, well, your, t- forget all your worries and things like that. I know what we'll do. You can nominate us to win the UK Podcasters Awards. The ceremony is taking place in September. And if you want to help Matt, my, Matt myself and Gary win the award, just nominate us now uh, via the TV and film section or the tweet that I retweeted a while ago. So that's uh, the UK Podcasters Dot com and then find us there and nominate us for Custard TV Podcast. You can also download this from iTunes, Spreaker, have it sent to the MP3 player of and your choice. If you are going on the podcast directory, please leave us a nice review or do so yeah. on iTunes. It's just it's nice to have some feedback, good or bad, just to let just to let us know who's listening to the podcast. Because I would say definitely we, good is better. We've got our, we've got our dedicated listeners who we shout out to every every so often. Uh, and like the fun. American girl who said she she enjoyed our podcast, it'd be nice to hear just some. That was very other, random, wasn't it? Yeah, some other just feedback from people. If you, you know, if you listen to it once, or if you listen to it every week, it'd just be nice to hear from you on Twitter or on the podcast directory on iTunes, just somewhere, you know, just to give us an idea of what you like, why you listen. Should it be, you know, would you like the podcast longer or shorter? Just some Should feedback. Should we do really. it wearing trousers, shorts? Yeah, pants. I know, I know. I, I, I'd have to I'd struggle to put on a pair of trousers I'd have to say but I'd, I'd do it for the good of the team and on that note <laughs> on that note as this podcast has turned into pants uh, we will leave you there take care bye 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 download this podcast from thecustardtv.com Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. 
That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday.